Somebody say amen. 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 Uh, I want you to get your Bibles out. We're going to talk about Christmas today. You know, as we go into our Christmas season, there's some things I want to remind you. I hate doing announcements. You know, because when, when we have a service where there's a presence, the announcements actually can kill that presence. So I don't want to do that. But let me give you some information so you'll know what we're doing and I inform you of our future. First of all, I want to remind you that um, next week is our production Sunday. And every year it's fantastic and every year it's great. And this year will be no different. We're kind of retracking some stuff. So we're coming back a little bit and picking up uh, some of the things we've done in the past and, and adding them into a new program. It looks great. The kids are doing great. The, you know, everybody involved looks wonderful, sounds wonderful. And obviously it's a time to celebrate Jesus. Look at somebody and say, we're going to celebrate. Amen. So we're going to celebrate Jesus. Then, then I also want to say we have a Christmas Eve candlelight communion. And I want to invite everybody. As a matter of fact, we always want to get people saved and we always want to get them coming to church. And the, the, the truth of the matter is this, that more non-saved or non-churched people will come to church on Christmas Eve more than any other service of the year. Now you heard me say that. That's a real truth that more unsaved people, more non-church people will come to church on Christmas Eve more than any other Sunday of the year. And there's only a few Sundays. Like, for instance, Mother's Day is one of those Sundays. People come, families come. Uh, Christmas Day is one of those Sundays or a Christmas production. Easter is one of those days. And yet in all of those days, the most successful unchurched day for people to come is Christmas Eve. Let me tell you, if you'll invite your family to come and you'll make a commitment to come to this candlelight ceremony, they'll come with you. They like religious stuff. This will be more like a religious service. So bring them to this service. Will you do that? Somebody say, I will. And that means you come yourself. For Florence, it's at 4 o'clock. For Sumter, it's 2 o'clock. Amy and I will be in Sumter for all of you over there. And we'll be here at 4 o'clock doing our candlelight communion. Just take a, a little time. It's about 45 minutes to an hour. Probably more like 45. Come bring your family and come be a part of our candlelight communion. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, we're coming. All right, amen. And then I want, uh, we have another a Sunday that's big is give a gift to, to Jesus. Years ago when we first started the church in 2023, the Lord, I believe he spoke to me. I followed it for 23 years. And that is that we put boxes out where we, we can come and give Jesus a gift. Now, I don't care what it is. I had somebody come to me and talk to me. A lot of churches have gotten to where they're doing end of year giving. Like they're encouraging their church members to do end of year giving. And that's, a, I mean, in some ways that's a good concept because, you know, if you give at Family Worship Center, you're going to give a, get a giving letter, which is wise, and you ought to give it to the, you know, if you put it in your taxes, it reduces your tax bill. And so that's, that's wise thinking, but that's not why we, we give. I mean, I mean, okay, we'll do that, but it's not our giving purpose. Purpose for giving is loving God. And so people have come in and give earrings and cars and just all kinds of things, and we've divvied those out in the community and given them away and also help missions and all kinds of things. This year I'm going to kind of focus on finishing up Sumter. My goal is to get that finished. We're closer than ever and I want to finish the project over there and make sure that we can move into the building for sure and you know we're in there already in one of the rooms but I'd like to get in the full building and do all that. So Give a Gift is a great Sunday for you to come all do end of your giving and make sure you you know, because you ought to look at your tithes and offerings. You ought to know what they are, and you ought to try and make sure you've done right by God. 
I think, personally. Uh, and so that's a good Sunday to think about that. But also, just as the Lord impresses upon your heart to give, some things mean more than a dollar. Would you agree with that? That's why people come and give away rings or whatever it is. I want you to give to God. See, you know, Christmas is not your birthday. It's not your kid's birthday. Now, it might be. Who's got a December 24th birthday in here? If you do, you need to change the date. Amen. But, but it is Jesus' birthday. We ought to give Jesus a gift. I'd say give yourself first. But also, you ought to have a gift for him. So we do that on that day. And then Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, we're going to have a short service that day. And we want to invite you to come. We'll be giving away some gifts and some refreshments and things like that. It'll be just a day to honor God. Amen? Uh, I would like to just begin by talking about some of the things that I think are important about Christmas. And we're there. Everybody's shopping. We're all busy. Everybody, you know, as I've come to this, I used to almost despise the Christmas season. Because as you come in, everybody stayed up late. We've got parties we've gone to. There's all this stuff going on. And we're coming for a couple of reasons. Number one, we love the Lord. But others, I mean, other than that, we come because it's, it's, it's what we do. It's our life. And so there isn't a lot, there isn't always a lot of jumping, shouting, hooping, hollering, people running the building on Christmas, during the Christmas season. But there are a lot of solemn people who genuinely come and love the Lord and are in the house of God. That's what I think we have today. We have people here that have, have come because they love Jesus and they're here to worship Him. And that's what we're here to do. And, and I want to talk about a few things that we get with the Christmas season. You know, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever would believe on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Somebody ought to shout out, I have everlasting life. Everlasting life. I mean, I mean we, I, the world wants to desensitize us to the Christmas agenda. I mean, they don't want us to use the, the name Jesus. They don't want us to, I mean, overall, the world, the devil, is anti-Jesus. Would you agree with that? And so they want to make it Xmas, and then they want to, you know, subtract it from everything. And throughout the year, it, it, you know, we don't have the exposure that we would want worldwide or all over the world to tell people about Jesus. But I've noticed, and this is the thing, I, I, I've changed my attitude toward Christmas because the most, the most valuable season to reach people and to love people and to care for people and to expose them to the gift that God gave us, Jesus is during a season that we celebrate Christmas. I mean, you look around your neighborhoods and, and people have, uh, you know, uh, nativity scenes up and, and uh, they're giving gifts to each other and uh, loving on each other and caring for each other in a way they wouldn't uh, normally do that. So we're exposing them to Jesus. And Christmas, you know, we know is not on December the 25th. We, we know theologically that it's not December the 20, 25th, and so we're not honoring the day of the 25th, but if you're a believer, you know, you ought to be glad that during this season, I mean, you go in the malls and they're singing Christmas songs and playing it over their speakers. Joy to the world, and hark the herald angels sings, and I mean, they're singing Jesus and exposing the world. I mean, even the world is exposing the world to Jesus during this season. And as believers, we ought to be glad about that. We ought to be glad to know that Jesus during this season is, is, is the focus of what we're doing. The reason we're doing things is because of Jesus, the Son of, the, of God, the, the Savior of the world, who came and gave himself for us. And, we, and I've become so accustomed or so, I like Christmas now. Somebody say, he likes Christmas. 
It's not the event though. It's not that I like the event of Christmas, but it, it or, and meaning the time, the day, the 24th, because I don't know about nobody else, but Christmas is every day for me. Come on, somebody. Christmas is every day for me. Every day is Christmas. I, I celebrate Jesus every day. I worship him every day. He's the focus of my, of my life every day. And it's not the 24th of December. I thank God for the 24th. But what I'm celebrating is the event that changed the world and the universe for eternity. How many of you have seen Jesus changed the world and the universe for eternity? Come on, somebody. Thank God for Jesus. Come on, I'm not getting enough shouting. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Come on, one more time. Thank God for Jesus. Aren't you glad you know him? Aren't you glad you have him? Aren't you glad he delivered you? Aren't you glad he set you free? Isn't it something we can shout about every day, every minute of every hour? Come on, somebody. If you just, you know, sometimes we come to church and we just go through the motions. I get that. We're human. But, you know, it's far more than just emotions. Serving God is everything. Listen, without Jesus, you were doomed and you were going to hell no matter what. It took Jesus to deliver you from sin, sickness, disease, poverty. It took Jesus. And this is the time we can celebrate the birth of our Savior. How many know Jesus came down from heaven and gave himself for us and delivered us and gave us eternal life and gave us healing? Somebody ought to shout out amen. I'm coming to the Christmas production because I love Jesus. I'm coming to give a gift because I love Jesus. I'm coming to celebrate this event, this this life-changing, universe-changing moment. The birth of Jesus was the beginning of the manifestation of God's plan to reconcile man back to himself. This was the purpose of it. Actually, the birth of Jesus is not just the Christmas story. The birth of Jesus is the beginning of salvation, the salvation story, the story that should be told to all mankind. I mean, God's called us to to evangelize the world. That's what he's called us to do. And this is a season when we can do that, when we can tell them of the goodness of God, when we can have a smile on our face, joy in our hearts, Instead of letting the pressure of Christmas presents and the pressure of, of, of uh, time frames and all those things dominate us, we need to let the Jesus that makes the difference dominate us. Is anybody in here glad they know Him? Yeah. I want you to say, thank God, thank God. I get to tell somebody about Jesus. There's no greater evangelistic moment. There's no greater moment in time for us to have a greater exposure to the world than right now. On your job. At the ball. In your your, uh, everyday efforts. You can tell them and they'll accept it. They're open to it because it's the season that we've designated for this purpose. If we're going to grow our churches, this church and any church... The only way to grow the church is to ask people to come. You know, all the methods you want to use. If we went out today and we used the internet and we did all we could social media wise. We put up billboards and we did all those things. Do you realize still the number one way to get people to church is by you inviting them? 
It takes a one-on-one conversation. And inviting people to come into the house of God. Every one of us should be bringing people to Jesus. You always say, well, what can I give Jesus? Who's your neighbor? Who's your friend? Who's your coworker? Who's the person you didn't talk to? Who's the, see, we have influence. We have the ability to influence others. And we have the Holy Spirit's help. I'll give you the power, the Bible says. Doesn't he say that? He gives us the power to preach the gospel, the power to expose people to Jesus, the power for evangelism. And so he empowers us to share it. And so during this season, it ought to be one of the things, because if you ask yourself the question, let's just be real honest with it. I didn't mean to get a little fussy or frustrated or what all that, because I just want everybody smiling today. And I'm getting half the, I get a few smiles. Everybody looks like they're ready to go home. My, the Buffalo Bills play Thursday. I don't even care about football today. I don't even know. I guess I'm just going to go eat and go to bed. I'm not sure what I'm going why don't we, why don't we? Why don't we think about our year? Now, the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. Oh, don't shout yet. How many people have you won this year? I know you made money. You went and did your jobs, you, you had financial gain, you bought nice things, cars, TVs, whatever. And all of this came because the blessings of the Lord make rich and add no sorrow to it. That was God's pouring into your life. Now, I'm serving God. He said to go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. He said for us to compel them to come in. Really, I'm serious. While you were worried about your marriage, fine, you should. While you were worried about your children, fine, you should. If it is the blessings of God that empowers you. Because the word blessings there means empowered to prosper. That's what that means. The blessings of the Lord make rich... And add no sorrow there to it. It's sorrowless. The blessings of God. The empowerment to prosper. Then ask yourself the real question. Why you were giving back into sins. And allowing things back in your life you shouldn't have. And now you're trying to figure out how you're going to get out of it. I'm preaching real good now. Not to be hard. But what did you? I mean, I mean, really, I'm just asking, what did you give to Jesus? I mean, I mean, here's the thing. Here, this is an incredible st- statement. The Bible says that you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. Jesus was that price paid. You were bought with a price. And then he also says that, that, that he will bless us if we will diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. As we go into Christmas, this is why I'm saying this, because I, I would like to say to everyone, including myself, I would like to say the greatest thing in all my life is serving him. The greatest thing I ever did was to serve Jesus. The greatest blessing of my life, the empowerment to prosper came from serving Jesus. I mean, think about what I'm trying to say to you. And maybe during this season, while we're celebrating Christmas, which we should, 
that we should examine ourselves and say, am I, am I, am I giving myself at the level necessary or, or the benefit place that's going to expose me to more benefit? Because if the blessings of the Lord are what make rich, then what I'm doing for God and how I'm applying myself to God ensures that I'm empowered to prosper. And here I am with all this stuff, got new cars, driving this, that, and the other. I have the exposure on earth and, and all those things because He's blessed me. But, but am I, repressive? Am I re, 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 re giving back to Him, reciprocating what He gave to me? Come on, somebody. And while we're doing this Christmas season, I want us to examine ourselves. And, and you know, I, I'm saying this, let me just talk to my staff as a whole. You know, for every year I've done this, 23 years, there's been, you know, we're always under pressure. There are things going on. There's always struggles. There's stuff that's happening. And we always, you know, as we get towards more closer to the production, I always want to hire more people. I plan to hire more people because I know how much pressure there is. And every year we end up not being able to do it. We'll hire more people and then we have... You may not know this. Let me just give you a statistic. This is a national statistic on church. Are you ready? National. 3% of a church leaves every year. 3% of a church leaves every year. No matter what you do. I don't care how many screens you put up. I don't care how many lights you put up. I don't care how many musicians you have. I don't care how good your youth group is. 3%. If you have 100 people, 3 are leaving. You understand that? No matter what. It could be more, could be less. But on average, for a church to grow, you have to have more than 3% every year come to the church just to have any growth over the 3% that are leaving. Give you an example. I had a drummer, bass guitar player, all those things. They got job promotions. They moved to Charlotte. That's part of the 3%. We didn't have that last year. You couldn't count it in 2020 because you didn't know who was coming. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? But, but, but when you look around, you think, well, I don't understand. It looks like people are leaving. Yeah, look next to you, 3%, no matter what I do. I could run up and down the aisles, run on these chairs, leap over them to the back, leap back, swing off the chandeliers, and 3% of y'all are leaving. For no reason at all. We don't even have to know why. And people in church, we always sit there and go, I wonder why they left. And it looks like everybody's leaving. No, 3%. 3%. The only way to grow is overcome the 3%. You need to get this. You need to understand this. And so, I mean, people come back. We get them back, whatever it is. But 3% of your church is leaving. The question then is, for those of us sitting in the room that love our church, love the Lord, have we done the function to give ourselves to God at a level which allows more than 3% to come? Okay, I, you know, I'll cut off early today so you can go home. But in the meantime, I have a moment to preach. We're getting ready to open a new nursery. We're re- re- redoing, put new carpet in it. It's beautiful. It's going to look great. Going to paint all the walls, fix the doors, put new furniture in it. That will be open. Why are we doing that? So we can have more than 3%. How, how do I do that? Because, I mean, my wife and I can't preach the sermon, play the instruments, do all the accounting, do the children, do the nurseries. And it requires the people that come to church. Okay, I'm preaching real good. This is, okay, this is what, this is what we need to identify with what Jesus 
is, is about in our lives as believers. We're coming and we're celebrating Jesus as the Savior, the giver, the one he gave himself for us. And then he said, follow me, serve me, give to me, provide for me. I mean, and, and, and he gave us the church as a mechanism to do that. So all of us are connected. Now, now, now ask yourself this year how many times you served in the nursery. That, you know, year, year after year, while I'm on this, I may as well. I'm, I may as well. You're tired, I'm going to go ahead and preach. I'm just going to let her out. How's that feel? I always know when somebody's leaving the church. You know how I know? Because their money leaves first. Their money leaves. The first thing that it exits is their finances. First thing that goes is they stop the money. Now, I've never understood that. If you were giving to God, why do you take the money? Because your treasure... Is where your heart follows. Your treasure is where your heart follows. Your, follow, your heart follows your treasure. So you, the treasure comes out, then the heart leaves. If I went through the people who gave me a pastor appreciation card, I know who goes to the church. I know who goes to the church. When you can't... When you can't honor the gift in the house of God, when you don't understand the honor of the gift of, the, of God, when you don't find value in the gift of God, when you can't give to the gift. See, I know you might not like me, but there's a gift on me. And you should see and know the gift. And if you see and know the gift, then you honor, you see and know and honor the gift. When people have attitude, and I can't, and when I, because people have left. But if I went back, and I know this to be true, this, this would shock every one of you. They never, never gave to Amy and I, ever. They never gave, they never come, they never said thank you. They, they would have us pray. Now we prayed over their families, prayed over their lives, prayed over their kids, prayed in their houses, went to their graduations, did all the things we could do. We were at everything we needed to be at, did everything we could do. But they could never once understand the value. See, why am I saying this? Because the Bible says to honor twice. Double honor. When you can't have double honor for Christmas. When you can't, when you're like, I don't even know how I'm going to show up. I don't know if I want to be there. I don't know if I want to go. I don't know. You know, it's just too much trouble. When you, when you can't wake up in the morning with a smile on your face. Now, you'll go over and work here and work there and apply your time and smile and help everybody else to get it done. But when it comes to church, you wind up here half asleep. You can barely smile, can't think, and you're always frustrated and you can't be happy. It's because you don't have a value in Jesus. You're not, you're not, you've got to serve Jesus. You've got to stop serving men and stop serving churches and start serving Jesus. You've got to give to God. You've got to pour into the Lord. You've got to stop worrying about whether or not the pastor sees you or anybody else sees you. It's great if he does, but do you know Jesus does? Do you know Jesus sees? He's watching. He knows. I didn't sleep last night. I was up tired. I, could, I had decided at 2 o'clock yesterday after lunch I wasn't going to eat. Now, I don't know about nobody else, but for me, 9 o'clock at night, food yells and screams at me. I hear, I hear every ice cream in the refrigerator calling my name, Steve, Steve, chocolate chip. 
sandwiches are yelling my name. Cheese is crying out to me. Seriously, if I, if I, didn't, if I didn't have any problem eating at 9 o'clock at night, I would be 100 pounds. I just love food at night. Whew. I just love it. I'm only fat because I eat late. Oh. So last night, I'm not going to eat. 11 o'clock, 9 o'clock, it starts screaming. Go to the fridge. That's all I'm here. Go to the fridge. Oh, 11 o'clock, it's screaming. Stephen was at the game in Columbia. He comes back from taking pictures and stuff, and he gets there probably 1.30 in the morning. So I jump up out of bed. I'm like, what's up, Steve? What's up? How'd it go? How was it? So we talk. He's like, I'll be right back. He leaves, comes back about 20 minutes later, and we sit. And finally, he basically falls asleep while I'm talking to him. Can't sleep. 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30. I think I might have got an hour. But when I heard the alarm go off, and I hit snooze for 10 minutes. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking There was still a massive joy that got me up out of bed. Because I was glad. It's not about you this morning. I didn't come here to preach this message because of you. I promise you, I got up this morning because the greatest thing in all my life 